This is the Birth, Baby, and Life podcast with Kristen Burgess, and we're being realistic on our way into episode number 60. Welcome to the Birth, Baby, and Life podcast, the tips, tools, and straight talk you want for pregnancy, childbirth, and bringing up baby. And now your host, Kristen Burgess. Hi, this is Kristen from naturalbirthandbabycare.com. Today, we are going to talk about the truth about the first few months. This could be about the first few weeks because many of us feel like after the first few weeks, we've gotten the hang of having a new baby. And that's what we're talking about this morning is having a new baby or this afternoon, wherever it is you are. I'm recording in the morning. A lot of us feel like we've got the hang of it after a few weeks, but for many of us, it's a few months. And really, the newborn period lasts until your baby is 12 weeks old. And that's, that's a few months. So some of us feel really overwhelmed for a few months because life changes in an amazing little way when you have this amazing little person who is amazingly dependent on you. And it's good to be realistic about that and understand what's going on. So you're definitely going to get diaper changing down to an art really fast. I imagine that you'll feel pretty confident with it, no matter what you're using, disposable or cloth, within, oh, two to three days at the most, you're going to know how to change a diaper. But you might not feel like such a pro at anything else that has to do with your baby. And we want... I know that many of us, we want to feel really connected with our babies. We want to feel really intuitive. Many of us have looked at attachment parenting or conscious parenting choices. And during pregnancy, we imagine all these wonderful, sweet times where we'll be holding our babies in our arms or we'll be skin to skin snuggling with baby or our baby will be nuzzled up close to us nursing and we'll just be sitting there serenely relaxed and we'll be, you know, jogging through the park with the baby in a stroller or making dinner while a happy baby giggles on the floor beside us and hits pots and pans or taking a walk through nature with our baby nestled in the sling. There are all these beautiful, wonderful things that we as moms, and I'm sure dads do too, but we imagine ourselves doing with our babies. And then you get to the newborn period and it's not quite that serene. Even the things that you took for granted or that you knew you were absolutely sure were going to be going to be down pat a given for you can be tough. Breastfeeding is one of those things. A lot of us do expect that breastfeeding may be challenging just because thankfully along with the big push for breastfeeding that we're seeing culturally, we're seeing a lot of moms who who encourage breastfeeding and and a lot of moms who are willing to share their challenges. Uh, when I was a when I was first a mom with my littlest ones, and I was a member of La Leche League. La Leche League put out a magazine, which I don't think that they print the magazine anymore. Um, it might come out online still, but it was called New Beginnings, and it had stories in it from moms who were breastfeeding babies, newborns, older babies, uh, even some toddler stories. And it was a really encouraging magazine because it had real stories from real moms, even moms who had overcome challenges. And that was super, super valuable to have. And we do have many of those same 
resources with moms overcoming challenges when you look online. You'll hear mom's stories. Now, to counter that, you'll also hear a lot of moms who said it just didn't work for me. And certainly for some moms, that's true for physical reasons or, um, you know, maybe just the emotional stress or a poor birth experience or a baby who really has a hard time being coordinated. Breastfeeding may just not work out for some moms, but... Uh, but that, you know, seeing that can make it hard for other moms to have confidence. So there's good and there's bad in the sharing and in the openness. Uh, and I don't want you to feel guilty, of course, if you decided breastfeeding wasn't for you or if it didn't work out for you. But I do want to give an, a reasonable expectation to mamas who are still expecting their sweet babies and who are picturing moments of blissful nursing that things may not go quite so easily at first. You probably know the standard advice that if things aren't going easily, get help. And that's really my biggest piece of advice is get support. Just like I just talked about, we hear stories of moms who have overcome and support can really help you get to that place where you overcome. So you can find a little Leche League group in your area. I mean, there's the Leche League groups in the U.S., And there are many international groups, so you can probably find a group where you are at. And going to that group during pregnancy is helpful because you'll see moms breastfeeding their babies and maybe a few breastfeeding their toddlers, but you'll certainly see moms nursing their babies. And that's really helpful because it provides a level of normalcy. Unless you already have a group of friends who have nursed or unless you've nursed an older baby or your sisters or your mom, you saw them nursing you probably haven't seen a lot of breastfeeding. So just watching other moms who are relaxed and who may have gotten to that quote-unquote pro stage can be helpful. And there may be moms there who have newborns, and you'll be able to hear them ask realistic questions, or rather ask questions and give a realistic assessment of how things are going for them. And that's really, really helpful. But breastfeeding can be challenging. It can be hard. I want to point out one thing that a lot of people don't realize, but it's that if your baby is a little bit early, so when you get to 37 weeks, you're considered early term by obstetricians and midwives, but you know, it's considered quote unquote okay for your baby to come then. Your baby won't be a preemie anymore, but it is considered early term from the 38 and 37 weeks are both early term, then 39 and 40 weeks are considered term. (coughs) Excuse me. Actually, really 30, uh, 39, 40, and 41. And then 42 plus is post term. But, or 41 is late term, and then 42 plus is post term. But if your baby comes at that early term point, 37 or 38 weeks, which is not considered a preemie, and most babies do very well, but there's some neurological stuff that still needs to happen that hasn't happened yet because your baby came at that earlier point. And so your baby's sucking may not be as organized as it will be in a couple of weeks. And that's a, that's important for mamas who have a baby who's just a tad bit early to remember that it could be a little bit more challenging. And my Asher came only a week before his due date, but I remember nursing with him feeling a little bit challenging. And then there may be other issues that you may encounter. So with my fifth baby, I, I mean, I had already breastfed four babies successfully and then my fifth baby came along and she was it was really challenging to get nursing started with her because she had a little bit of a tongue tie and I was super engorged with milk and it just 
it was not an easy situation and it took us a few weeks for things to smooth out and I just kept telling myself I know it'll get easier I know it'll get easier I know it'll get easier and then my cousin nursed her first baby relatively easily but then with her second baby she was in excruciating pain and uh, went to see a lactation consultant thankfully who helped her figure out that she had thrush and as soon as they got that cleared up uh, it was going well so there are situations like that that can come up that you may not be expecting or that you may not be expecting because you've already nursed a baby successfully so remember when you're going to have a new baby breastfeeding may be challenging it may take some work uh, it may take some finesse it may take some art in the early weeks so I already recommended support I also really recommend that you learn to nurse side lying the same cousin that I just mentioned, I can't figure out how she did it because I learned how to nurse sideline, you know, when Cassidy was only hours old with my first one, but my midwife also showed me how to do it, and I had read a lot of the Leche League stuff, but my cousin had never nursed her first baby laying down, and... So when she had her second one and she was just really hurting and recovering from the thrush, her lactation consultant recommended that she she nurse laying down to help get some rest. And she said it just made such a huge difference. And she couldn't believe she hadn't done it with her first one. But it is, it's a good position to learn because it allows you to get some rest while nourishing your baby, which is very important to newborns or to you during the newborn period. Another thing that's really helpful is to look into laid-back nursing. I was really excited because uh, because I was reviewing some paperwork just at the health department for moms who are pregnant and nursing, and one of the little pamphlets actually talked about laid-back breastfeeding, and I know that La Leche League has some laid-back breastfeeding stuff, and I can link to some resources in the show notes for you to look into this more, but it's basically instead of having rigid positions like you think about with um, like you think about with the with the whole I'm losing my train of thought here but you think about rigid positions with the cradle hold and then you have to ram rapid arm movement your baby onto your breast and stuff laid back breastfeeding is different from that in that you're letting baby kind of naturally latch him or herself on and you're in more of a reclining position and it's just really good for mamas who may be feeling overwhelmed by all of the techniques that it takes to get nursing right to remember that it's it's more of a little nod to how natural breastfeeding is and I like that Leche League's book is called The Womanly Art of Breastfeeding because there is an art to it. And I think you can argue that for many of these natural things that we do. So I don't want to dismiss anybody's needing to really work at it. But I do want to say that perhaps looking at something like laid back breastfeeding may give you some relief that there's ways to help encourage your baby's natural instincts as well as, you know, as well as following the advice of breastfeeding. Another thing, a big truth about the early weeks, is that babies cry. Sometimes they cry a lot. Sometimes you will feel like you're at the end of your rope with their crying. Sometimes you get a super laid-back easy baby who really doesn't cry a lot at all. I have had one super laid-back easy baby out of six, and I've had two that I would say were pretty laid-back, and... 
two that were really fussy and one that was a little bit fussy for a few months and then she got really, really mellow. And that's my first one, Cassidy. My second and my fifth were super fussy, especially my fifth. But she, like her sister before her, she didn't mellow out quite as soon. It took her into the toddler stages, but then she got she got pretty happy and glowy and left all that grumpiness behind. But uh, And then my third and my sixth babies were my, or rather my third baby was my super laid back guy. My fourth and my sixth babies were mostly laid back. Both of them had kind of a fussy period in the evening, especially Cor when I spent a lot of time bouncing him on a birth ball in the evenings. Otherwise, he was really, really laid back. But I've had six babies. I've done pregnancy and birth pretty much the same way with all of them. Followed the same diet advice. Made some changes here and there in their births. Um, I, I would say that my births were more... Uh, more unhindered births with the last three than with the first three just I mean whereas I was more in my own power and doing my own thing and didn't need quite so much uh, outside support and the babies were definitely born much faster with the fetal ejection reflex definitely there but I don't think that that really had an influence on how fussy they were or were not because Honor's birth was absolutely beautiful and she was my absolute fussiest baby and so Corwin's birth was really 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 beautiful but uh, I mean he had those fussy evenings so he was pretty laid back otherwise so yeah I don't I mean I think that we get the baby that we're gonna get and the baby has the personality that they're gonna get and there are a few things that may help like gut health and like having a gentle birth but but we have temperaments as human beings and our babies have a temperament so your baby may cry a lot and it may not be anything that you did quote unquote wrong and it may not be anything that you're doing wrong I think that's the point that I really want to make is some babies just cry some babies are just fussy some babies are just cranky some babies like Corwin just have a period of the day where they're cranky some are cranky around the clock like Honor was and some are really laid back so expect that your baby may cry a lot And along with that, expect that your baby may need you a lot. This is the intensity, the utter intensity of taking care of a brand new human being who is completely dependent on you is one of the things that will take you aback the most during the newborn period. And if you had a really easy baby before and then you get a baby who has a more intense personality, it can take you aback all over again and and on a different level. Those little ones just have so many needs and they crave being with you, Mama. And Daddy, this is somewhere that you can really try and be helpful by A, physically holding the baby some so that mama can have a minute to shower or to eat without a baby in her arms both two beautiful things two beautiful gifts to give a new mother but you know certainly you can be skin to skin with that baby cuddling that baby and helping fulfill some of those needs and then also just by really supporting mom first of all by validating her reminding her how good of a job she's doing, reminding her that nurturing your baby is absolutely the best thing that you can do and it's her way of expressing her love for both your child and for you and and 
so validate her and everything that she does. And when she feels guilty because she didn't get the house clean or she feels guilty because she spent money on this or that for the baby, remind her that you're grateful for her and that you love her and that you love the baby and that it's okay if the house is a little bit messy when she's got a newborn and it's okay, you know, you're there to help provide for her and take care of her and the baby. Those things are very, uh, provide a lot of security for mom and provide validation for her and then also provide her literal practical support. So, Honey, I'm going to leave some sandwiches in the fridge for you to be able to grab easily. Or there's some cut veggies and some bottles of water in the fridge so you can put them by your nursing station. Or darling, I'll take care of dinner. Or darling, let me clean up that mess. And I know you're tired when you get home from work and you want to wind down. But those things are really supportive to a mama who's spending all day dealing with a super intense little newborn. And that is the case for a lot of mamas. That really is the case. Baby takes so much energy and nursing takes a lot of energy. And so just support her in that any way that you can. And you mama realize that those needs might be there in your baby, that there may be that intensity. Even if you have a pretty laid back baby, he or she probably really wants you. Nursing can end up taking a lot of time. So have the nursing station set up. Uh, Have the food that you need to eat. That will make a big difference if you're getting enough calories in. Uh, And get enough good fats in too because those nourish your brain, which helps you handle the intensity from an emotional standpoint, which is really very important. So just take, 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 take care of yourself uh, as you take care of your baby and that will help. And know that it's really normal. It's normal for newborns to be that needy and it won't last forever, but it can feel like it's lasting a long time. It can feel intimidating to hear me talk about it Uh, and it can especially feel intimidating in the moment and all of those feelings are really normal. So remember it doesn't last and it's normal to feel like it's going to last forever when you're in the moment. And just remember babies cry and they can be really intense. Another thing to layer on top of that, another reality is you probably won't sleep a lot. This varies with babies. I think that co-sleeping or or bed sharing, whatever you want to call it, really helps with this. I've always felt like I've been able to sleep pretty well with my babies, especially in in the early weeks because newborns, they are sleeping a lot and they're usually sleeping a lot at night. And sometimes you might get a night day mix up issue for a bit. But in general, if you can nurse side lying and you have a shared bed, then you're able to get more sleep. Though this varies from from mom to mom, as we've talked about on some of the podcasts recently. Some moms really don't sleep very well when they have a baby nursing. But for me, I've found that in the early months, the best way for me to get sleep is to have baby nursing in the bed with me. And once they get bigger is when we have problems. <laughs> and that's what we talked about on the podcast episodes with older babies and toddlers still night nursing. But with a newborn, I do recommend that you try and do some co-sleeping and, and and bed sharing. And I can link you some articles about the safety on that. But first, you might want to toss your clock just all day long. Don't pay attention really to what time it is. I mean, your body is going to notice some of that time because we notice the natural rhythms of the day. And of course, the world is designed in a rhythmic fashion to give us an indication of day and night. But don't look at the clock. Don't try and count how many times you've been up. If you are worried about milk supply or uh, that your baby's getting enough, of course you may be recording things in your baby's log overnight. And that's okay. So that's an exception. 
<clears throat> but if that's not the case, then then don't look at the clock or turn it around and, and just just try and go with the flow with your baby. Keep the lights down low. Even with a newborn, I recommend that in the in the first couple weeks, maybe, or in the first week, you might want to change diapers at night just because you you know you don't want that sitting up against baby's skin. And a lot of parents want to change in the night, but I would recommend a dim lamp or a night light to do that by if possible. And as soon as you're comfortable with it, drop changes in the night. Or again, keep everything really dim and then right back down with baby so that baby starts to learn that nighttime is not a party time, that it's nighttime and hopefully everybody will get more sleep. Uh, if you need to, you can have somebody walk baby. This is a good thing for daddy to do. If baby's really fussy and upset in the night and obviously not going to nurse, I would recommend that daddy or grandma or anybody else who's there to help, if possible, be the one to walk with the baby. And mom, you can lay and rest because chances are as soon as they hand the baby back to you, they're going to crash and go to sleep. And you're probably still going to be up for a while. So you take that sleep while they walk the baby and calm them down. And this is something that my mother-in-law did for me with Asher, who was my little bit of an early baby. He had trouble getting organized for nursing in the first couple of weeks. And she she stayed with me for a week after his birth. And she would take him when he was really fussy in the night and walk with him and rock him. And I felt really guilty about that at the time, though I fell asleep because I was exhausted. But as soon as he had calmed down and he was clearly rooting, she brought him right back to me and he would fall asleep nursing and just everybody would be much more content. And I'm so grateful to this day that she did that, even though I felt like a horrible mom at the time and I shouldn't have. I beat myself up over it for no reason because he was fine and protected and loved and I got a little bit of extra rest. And it wasn't worth the stress that I put on myself. So if that's the case for you, you know, let somebody else be that person who can walk or rock the baby until he or she is calm enough to nurse. And then you guys try again. Uh, but do adjust your expectations of sleep and how much sleep you'll get and how much you might be up in the night because you probably will be up uh, every two or three hours is generally recommended. It's recommended you don't let a newborn sleep more than four to five hours. So you're certainly going to be up that often, even if you have a baby who's a quote unquote good sleeper, whatever that definition means. And I definitely go by that advice, that time-worn advice that you'll probably get from everybody, sleep when your baby sleeps. You may not want to do this for every nap because a newborn is probably napping a lot, but especially for that afternoon nap when if you have a baby who's fussy at night, chances are that baby is going to take a longer nap, maybe in the afternoon of three or four hours. It might be earlier in the morning, but if at all possible, you sleep at that time too or sleep at least partially during that time because you want to be able to function and you want to be able to function somewhat well and you want to not create a huge sleep deficit so sleeping when your baby sleeps is really important another thing to realize about that newborn period is you might not get much done other than feeding and changing your baby. This one's really hard for me because I like to get a lot done. And in fact, my complaint about most days is that I didn't get enough done. I didn't get everything on my to-do list done, and really who does? But, you know, I just didn't feel like I got a lot done, or I felt like I spent most of the day 
putting out fires around the house or keeping the kids on track so that there were no fires, which takes all of my energy, or making meals or this or that or the other. It just feels like, you know, I just, I didn't get a lot done. And it's hard for me even in that newborn period. In the first week, I usually can surrender to it. But after that, I kind I kind of want to be up and getting back into life. So it's challenging for me. I definitely understand. But the reality is, is with a new baby, your major job is going to be mothering them and mothering your older little ones if you have them and taking care of yourself. And so if the housework slides a little bit and if you're not able to be as productive, hopefully you've taken a a generous maternity leave, even if you work for yourself. But, you know, you've taken a generous maternity leave so that you can really feel less guilty about sitting there and focusing on your baby and less like you have to be checking your email or checking your voicemail or checking your text messages or whatever every five minutes. Go easy on yourself and know that this is not going to be the most productive time of your life from a measurable standpoint in the way that the world usually measures productivity and success. And don't try and don't try and get too much in or go too many places. Don't try and do all these things. Don't try and get your older kids to all kinds of activities. I mean, just be honest and upfront with people and say, look, we just, you know, we can't do it. We've got a new baby and we can't make all of these obligations. Or if your older one is in some activity, it may be that you talk to their teacher or their instructor and say, you know, for the first few weeks, he's probably not going to be here or she's probably not going to be here. We're going to be with the baby. Or have a grandma or a neighbor or some other child who's in that activity their parents help you for a couple weeks and then you can return that favor to them by bringing their kid to a lesson when they need it at some point but don't don't feel like you have to do it all and don't feel like you immediately have to get out to all kinds of mommy activities now after the first three or four weeks or so when you're feeling more confident getting out here and there to some sort of mom support group meeting can be helpful. So like baby story time at the library or a Leche League. Depending on your Leche League, those those meetings may only be once a month. And you may want a little bit more than that. In a weekly baby story time at the library or a weekly mommy and me group may be really helpful for you. But I would limit it to just that one where you really feel supported and held and carried and it's not going to be too much for you and baby. Another thing to expect is that your body probably won't bounce right back. You're going to look probably four or five months pregnant once you give birth to your baby, and that's really normal. And you may feel tired, you may feel sore, you may feel depleted, you may feel great. After Corwin's birth, I mean, I literally felt like bouncy great. But really, he's the, he's the only one of my six babies that I felt that spring in my step that quickly. The others, especially my first couple, um, I just, I felt sore and bruised and I was tired. And that week in bed that I took with my babies, I've done it with each of my babies, was really a blessing. And it helped me just to feel a lot better once I got up and got going. But I still, it took me some time to really get back up and get going. I don't think it needs to take months to get your energy back, but definitely expect that a few weeks would be normal because you are factoring in the intensity of mothering that little one. You are factoring in the lack of sleep. Go easy on yourself, gentle mama. And as far as the pregnancy pounds and your figure and all of that, just leave all of that for now. Don't worry about that until you're out of the newborn period.
Another thing that I think surprises many moms, and this one's minor compared to the others, but I wanted to mention it, is that it can take a while to get the hang of baby wearing. So many of us hear about how wonderful baby wearing is and how much babies love it and how much it makes your life easier. And I'm a fan of baby wearing. I have worn all of my babies, but it can take a while to get the hang of it. And you may have a baby who you have to experiment to find out what he or she likes. They can get cranky about it if it's not exactly what they want. And that's normal too. My Corwin just, he really didn't like being in the little front carrier wrap. Once he was big enough, I think it was about four months to go into my back carrier in the Ergo, he was all for baby wearing. He loved it then. But the little nestled up newborn positions that you think about so dreamily and that I was really looking forward to, he just, he wasn't as cool with that. He didn't like it so much. So um, we, you know, it made it a little bit harder to get things done around the house because I didn't have him snuggled contentedly in the carrier. He was grumping in the carrier or he was grumping on a blanket on the floor or he was grumping, you know, with whomever I had left him with to try and do something. And so if your baby is like that, again, just go, go easy on yourself. Don't feel like you're doing something wrong. Yeah, I mean, you can experiment and play with different positions and watch YouTube videos. YouTube is a great resource for baby wearing to see maybe if there's a, a carry or a way that you can arrange your carrier that, that your baby likes better. But it may take some work and it may take some practice. The best piece of advice just that I can give you real quick here is once you put baby in the carrier, get going, move, walk. Because some babies aren't content when you're stationary, but once you start moving, they settle down. So that's a good time to go and and walk around the kitchen or sweep the floor or something like that. Or take a walk down to the mailbox. That kind of thing. Because baby, wear, baby wearing, baby carriers really are very helpful for starting to get back into life in that newborn period but be be easy on yourself as you and your baby get used to it and the one more thing that I wanted to talk about is that you are going to get really interested in poop you are going to be interested in what goes into your baby's diaper and you're going to be interested in what comes out of your baby. You're going to be fascinated by the variations. You're going to worry about it. You're going to ask other moms about it. You're going to think about it. And it's just one of those really weird things that tends to unite parents because only parents under understand just how interesting it is. But know that what comes in and out of your babies or what comes out of your baby and into the diaper or into the potty bowl if you're ECing all of that's going to be intimately interesting to you. And I think that's kind of, it's it's a nice way to sum up the fact that you're going to care so intensely about this little person. Uh, even if you don't feel that those feelings of overwhelming, super in love right away, which some moms don't, that's also really normal. But you're going to be so interested in what's going on with this little one and his or her health and well-being. And that can, it can really take you aback just how intensely you feel about this person or how intensely you grow to feel about this person if it doesn't come instantaneously. So know that that's coming and expect that and embrace that too because you're going to care that much about your child for the rest of his or her life and it's good to embrace that. 
I have a few recommendations because I've told you about some of the intensity and craziness of the early weeks. So first, I recommend that you prepare before your baby arrives. First of all, with, you know, realistic information like this, know what it really may be like, but also prepare in practical ways. So if you can put meals up in the freezer a week or so before your due date, fill up the fridge with things that are easy to grab like yogurt cups and stuff, or maybe cottage cheese, maybe something that's going to last for a couple weeks with before going bad, but that you know that that's really easy for you to just grab and go with. And I've mentioned it several times already, but be super gentle on yourself. Be gentle. Don't expect too much of yourself. Know that taking care of your baby, nurturing your baby, mothering your baby is the most important thing that you could be doing right now. And doing that is making a huge difference. It's hugely important. It's hugely productive. And that you're doing a good job, Mama. So give yourself a pat on the back and know that you're doing well. Also know that things will get easier. They will get easier. Even if you have a baby like my honor who was really fussy, grumpy, didn't like anybody but Mama at all for her first year, things got dramatically easier after that. Her personality really mellowed out a lot. But but even the later months of that first year, which were tiring, they, were, they weren't as intense as the newborn period. It wasn't quite as tough. And so keep that in mind and keep in mind that you can do that, you can handle that, and that things are going to get better. And another recommendation to, to do during pregnancy, late in your pregnancy, maybe early right after your baby's come, is watch the DVD, The Happiest Baby on the Block. It's by Dr. Harvey Karp. I'll link to it in the show notes. He does have a book titled the same thing but I recommend the DVD. The book goes into a lot of the hows and whys of his recommendations for soothing a grumpy cranky baby but which may be important to you but the DVD really does a good job of showing it which is invaluable. So please do watch the DVD and just get some ideas for how to soothe a baby because that's a skill a lot of us don't have and he just demonstrates it really clearly and he's teaching other parents how to do it, which is really helpful. So watch that. And then every day, remember this, every day that you make it through the day with everybody alive is a good day. So if you've managed to make it through the day and you and that baby are still alive, it's a good day. And yes, that that involves adjusting your expectations. And maybe you'll sit back and think the house is in shambles. I haven't managed to get a shower in three days. The baby's crying. But if both of you are alive and the house hasn't fallen down around you yet, it's a good day. So just adjust your expectations again of yourself and know that sometimes in the early days it's not going to go exactly as you want it to, but it's still a time to treasure in all in all of the craziness that there is there. And I can tell you this from having six babies, the time does fly by and it'll be gone before you know it and you'll have a whole different set of issues and sometimes you might just long for the simplicity even though it's intensity, but the simplicity of those early days and even those early years. So treasure them while you're at them, and it's normal if you have a hard time taking that advice, but treasure them during them and just know that that you being a mom to your baby every day means that it is a good day. With that, 
I want you to be blessed in this coming week. Remember, you can go to www.trustbirth101. That's trustbirth101.com and sign up for my newsletter. You'll get updates about articles, podcasts, galleries with cute baby pictures to make you smile on those hard days, and all kinds of other fun things. So just check the newsletter out, and if you're preparing for your baby's birth, you'll also get tips for preparing for a good natural birth. If you have time, please leave me a rating on iTunes or in Stitcher, and I will talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to the Birth, Baby, and Life podcast with Kristen Burgess. For great resources and tons more info, visit www.birthbabylife.com. Visit www.birthbabylife.com.